1: entrepreneurs, intrapreneurs, helping to diversify the industry. This week on Business of the Beat. I feel like as a black
0: woman, hair is such an intimate part of us that I feel like no one paid attention to the fact that like we change up our hairstyle so often and frequently throughout the year. And I'm like, well, these all these companies have shampoos, they have conditioners, but like, no one was really paying attention to the nuance of how we did our hair throughout the year.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, and welcome to Business of the Beat. Today's guest is Dr. Camille howard Veravik, founder of Girl and Hair. Before we get started, don't forget to follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode. And make sure to leave your feedback. It means so much to us. And follow us at Business of the Beat. All right, everyone. Dr. Camille is a board-certified dermatologist and the founder of Girl and Hair and Anan Active's Virtual Dermatology. She is fondly known on social media as at DermBeautyDoc. That's at DermBeautyDoc. And uses her experience as a former marketing manager to deliver educational content in a simplified way. She is frequently quoted skincare expert and has been featured in Elle, Essence, Harper's Bazaar, New York Magazine, Nylon, and Women's Health. She provides outstanding care for her patients virtually and in the office. Her approach to the perfect skincare routine is finding synergy between quality retail ingredients and customized prescription strength products. She is a visionary leader and driven entrepreneur with a deep interest in using technology to effectively educate patients and the general public. Welcome to Business of the Bead. I am just so honored to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to be here i'm excited
0: um i always love talking about like business and beauty and that's my thing and i feel like i'm in like sometimes you're in derm world and seeing patients and while i love doing that as well too i think like like, just like the entrepreneurship side of myself is kind of like where maybe i i am most excited talking about
1: Oh, well, that, that is exactly what we're talking about today. You and I were connected through 25 Black Women in Beauty. I am such a huge fan of the organization. And we kind of created our own little mentor pod um, that I has know. just been so much fun. <laughs> I
0: know. Of entrepreneurs,
1: mm-hmm. right? So let's, let's get started. You talk about um, entrepreneurship. I mean, that's really what this podcast is about, to give insight, to shed light, to just create a community for all of us creating businesses. So I always love to understand the journey, right? Because the journey is really what's taken us to where we are and what takes us to how we go even further. So tell me everything. Start from the beginning. You're a doctor. How'd you get here? Where'd you grow up? (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's, you know,
0: this whole, like, it is a journey. I I love that word journey because really that's so multiple aspects of my life, I feel like it has been a journey. I was born in the beautiful island of Jamaica. I grew up in South Florida. I grew up in Miami. Um, I went to school in Orlando, the university of central Florida and, um, played basketball there graduated actually with a degree in marketing, which I find that most people don't really know about me. Maybe, maybe, maybe if you've like read about me, you realize that because that's often the question, like, how do you have like a business and you're a doctor and, you know, all that stuff and you're a mom. But I actually graduated with a degree in marketing and I worked for a little bit in marketing and advertising. Um, While I was working, my mom became really sick and I went back home to take care of her along with my sister and I I re-sparked my interest in medicine. So that's kind of like when I went back and did my post back studies and did my medical college admissions test. And then um, my mom passed away, it Was um, you know, way back when, and I needed money. I had to, like, she left us a, a house, and it was only my sister and I, and we had to take care of, like, a lot of bills. Like, many, many, like, I would say Black families. I, most, a lot of Black families. Sometimes we're not good at, like, estate planning. Mm-hmm. So while we had the home, I kind of had to, like, make sure some of the bills were paid with that being said i couldn't go to medical school right away i had to go back and start marketing so i moved to new york city and worked in advertising for uh, bbdo which is like a huge (laughs) and i worked for berlin cameron and my last um kind of marketing thing was with three one philip Lynn. Mm -hmm. um and during that time, I think that last year, my dad, you know, and I spoke and he said, you know, you took that medical college admissions test, which basically he was saying, I pay for all those classes. And now what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> this was his kind of way of saying like, okay, um, are you going to go to medical school? And I was like, you know, I don't know. I really like my job. He's like, well, you should at least apply. So it was like the year before. Before the medical college admissions test was going to expire. And I really didn't think I was going to get in at all. I was like, okay, my dad is really like on me to apply. Um, Let me just apply. It was really to pacify him and be like, okay, see, I applied. You know, this is my path. I'm supposed to go here. I'm supposed to like be a fashion marketing person. And I got in. I applied to one school and I got in. And That was basically God saying like, actually, actually, No. So at that point, I was like, "I guess I'm going to medical school. What have I gotten myself into?" Um, but you know, I always say that I walk by faith, not by sight. And um, I went to medical school. I finished up. I did like a residency in family practice, but I really loved derm. And um, fortunately, an opportunity opened up at the hospital I was working at um, for a derm spot, and busted my butt, finished derm residency, and here I am now. All- wow. And how did I start Girl in Hair during that time? <laughs> so, girl and Hair, which is um, uh, my hair care company that we started way back when, um, it was literally the year that I applied to medical school. So around that same time, so a lot of transitioning during that time. So beauty transitioning was like, I always wore um, relaxers and weaves. I love big hair, which mm-hmm. is like, not today, but like, I love big hair. Like if I'm going to do braids. It's going to be long. If it's going to be mm-hmm. a weave, it's going to be big. Like, I just like love big. <laughs> so I used to wear weaves all the time and braids all the time, but I also relaxed my hair. So at one point my hair was like just falling out from all the processing. And, and um, It was around the same time where the whole like natural hair movement was happening like on YouTube and people were talking about like, you know, joining this natural hair movement and cutting off all their hair and really kind of um, learning to to love our hair right in this natural state. So I did the big chop. I um, had this teeny weeny afro at the time. And life was great. I was in Delray East Side in New York City. I'm in New <laughs> Boy. Like, I was super, super skinny. You know, I worked for a fat, was still a fat. <laughs> Everything was great. But one thing that wasn't great is I couldn't take care of, like, my hair while I had these, you know, while I had this teeny, weeny afro. Because, you know, it's all about juices and berries in the beginning. You're like, oh, I yes. Right? So <laughs> I had this teeny, weeny afro. It was so healthy. And I wanted to get a weave, like a new sewing weave. But I was petrified that I wasn't going to have hair at the end of the sewing weave. So I went to the store and I was like, okay, so how am I going to wash my hair when I have this like weave in? Yes. I would go and look and I'm like, no, I need a shampoo, but the shampoo has to have like an applicator tip. And I want it to be like really messy, and it has to get under the weave. And I wanted like this whole regimen that I didn't mm-hmm. see in the store. I don't know why I was so fixated on the fact that like, it was such an intimate part of being a black woman, like at yes. some point. A protective style, like from we we're little, right? At some point, yes. you or your hair in like braids or twists or the little beads. When you're in uh, high school, you probably like toyed around a little bit with like longer braids,
1: and then college, yes. the cornrows. Like, yes,
0: you know what I mean. I feel like as a black woman, we our hair is such an intimate part of us, and that was such a part of us that I feel like no one paid attention to the fact that like we change up our hairstyle so often and frequently throughout the year. And I'm like, well, these all these companies have shampoos, they have conditioners, but, like, no one was really paying attention to the nuance of how we did our hair throughout the year. Like, they provided yes. us with product, but it was almost like they didn't pay attention or they didn't know or I'm not sure. Because yeah. why was I looking for this product? So exactly. I went... The train, and then I would start counting how many protective styles that I would see on the train. Like, oh, oh wow, has- <laughs> yeah. like every girl. I'm like, no, no, she has we find has- the protective style. Find the protective style. On my way on the train, I'm like, God, so many women like have a protective style right now, and I don't see anything on the shelves for that. So that's when girl and hair kind of started. Like, you know, I my husband he got really tired. The, ver- the, ver- the the
1: Verovic, the the Eastern
0: very like um, naive, pure heart way. He's like,
1: Camille, why don't you just create your own? And I'm like, well, what? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you guys are walking up the stairs to Target in your beauty brands, <laughs> products bliss.
0: <laughs> and we have like no, or I, or Joseph, we have no intent. I don't know. We just... We're very like step-by-step couple, you know? Like I feel like some people may have like big dreams and like manifesting these huge things. And I'm really like, okay, what's the problem? How can I solve it? Let's see what we can do. Um, And we started Girl in Hair. And I think to just to go back to that point of like journeys, right? Like Mm -hmm. I think my journey in marketing and my journey in advertising actually played a huge role in the very beginning of Girl in Hair. Because I found that branding was really important to me. When I used to go and look in the textured hair care aisle, I didn't like what I was seeing aesthetically. Like, I was like, oh, you know, like, it's okay, but like, I want something fresh. Like, I feel like, you know, um, our target customer, like, she deserves something fresh and new. And I spent a lot of time picking the color, a lot of time finding the right designer, a lot of time, like, really, Um, figuring out a persona for the girl in hair brand. And we probably spent just as much time doing like the branding as we did, you know, like formulating with our chemists. And I thought that at that time it was a little bit different because, you know, there were some really awesome brands, but I feel like aesthetically there was just nothing different to look at. And I can only attribute that to my years in marketing where I spent so much time with clients, big clients, you know, uh, painstakingly choosing, you know, a direction, a creative direction. And for me, I used to think, like, why do they spend so much money, millions of dollars on like a print ad or a digital ad? So in my very junior years in marketing, I realized the power of branding. And the power of being very um, intentional about branding, and I really think in the beginning, as a small brand, that maybe like what set set us apart in the very beginning, you know, is that kind of like paying attention to that branding. I think a lot of the buyers didn't really see that in the textured hair care aisle in the beginning, and they also didn't see anyone addressing like how we were doing our hair. So I think that those two things were really important. So that's kind of even how like I started like that, that journey, the girl in hair journey started that way. And all of that while, while I was in medical school. So people think it was just me. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just me. It was me and Joseph. Like I always say like our little apartment, like it will always stay in our, our hearts because like we were such a nimble team. Wow. We, we literally would I would get up in the morning, um, go to uh, medical school, and it's a lot of studying, right? So I to study a lot. And between, like, my study breaks, I would be, like, doing girl and hair stuff, you know? The- <laughs> <laughs> and then Joseph, and I kind of, like, recruited Joseph into this being, like, listen, I can't. I have to, like, study for my exam. I can't do this right now. Can you? So he it would, literally became
1: a family affair, this uh, this and company. how long were you married? How long have you been married when you were like, let's create this brand? How long so when
0: 2010? It was all around the
1: same time, like 2010. So it was a
0: like a lot of transitioning happened, happening at that time. And you know, looking back, I'm like why, do we, why don't think we had time to blink. We were just like going, <laughs> going and going and going. And
1: what was Joseph's background in terms of coming in to help start the the company? It's so funny. Joseph is a German-trained
0: lawyer, and when I talk about German, he's like German, German. So his family, <laughs> Asia, which is very Eastern European, but they had all the kids in Germany. So here is this European man, like super European, right? Like literally,
1: <laughs> you're like a European. You just had to say Croatia, and we were like, okay, yes. we get it.
0: And he has, didn't, doesn't know anything about like hair care, much less black hair care or texture care care. But Joseph is a uh, logical thinker, you know, so I think Joseph's what the strength that he brings to the table is that he's um, very detail oriented. Right. So a lot of like the processing and logistics and purchase orders and all that stuff, things that like sometimes when I'm in medical school and residency, I just I can't be day to day like doing it. Joseph was the one to pick up kind of like the slack of that and say, okay, this is I guess this is now a family thing. If we want to work um, <laughs> we're gonna do this together. And literally Joseph carried girl in hair on his back while like some of my craziest points in residency. Like literally, wow. we would be at um, you know, those uh hair shows in the because you know it's like yes. the yes. natural community it's the community uh-huh. and hair shows and he would say, "I, I don't know if you could make it to this hair show." And I'm like, "Well, you do it." He's like, "Uh, uh okay." <laughs> oh my, God. I love Joseph. it. Joseph would say, "You know what? I can do this," and he would take the products like in the car. Chicago. And Joseph would sell those hair care products.
1: (laughs) I love it. Joseph. Joseph is the new, you know, there was the trend of all the Instagram husbands and we're like, no, we've leveled up. It's not about a photo. It's about legal and logistics and processing and trade shows.
0: (laughs) Joseph would be there. And then when I would be able to join, like we would be there together. Like if there's like, I look like old curl fest footage, and we would be there together in the heat, like talking about the wow. people. So that's kind of the journey with Girl in Hair. It's It's been incredible, um, but it's been hard too, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like the journey is, um, it's inspirational to some. And sometimes I'm like, how crazy has that journey been? But there's so many things I feel like as Black businesswomen that we need to be aware of too, that we're still not getting... S- seats at the table, like we said, and I think we talked about that, like, you know, before during one of our pod meetings, you know, um, it's always, I always say this, this is an incredible journey as a black, black female entrepreneur, um, to be able to create a product and bring it to market. And at the same time, I do feel like there is this, um, story, which is a great story of us, like pulling ourselves up by the bootstrap, right? Like there's a story for us. And I kind of like wrap it into like the strong black woman story. Like, you know, whenever you think about a black female entrepreneur, it's like I had five thousand dollars and I made a Five thousand dollars. It is a great inspirational story.
1: Yes. I love that
0: story. But I do feel that at the same time it's a little unfair because everyone doesn't you don't you don't need to struggle like that from five thousand to the five million. You know, there are people getting checks for million right off the bat um, to start their business. So I feel like that's the next step for entrepreneurs is, you know, black female entrepreneurs to really um, stake our claim as like serious contenders when it comes to entrepreneurship and that our ideas deserve funding.
1: Absolutely. I, you know, it's so interesting to hear you talk about the journey because Forbes wrote that, you know, black women are the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs in the US. And it's fascinating to think to your point that we have to carry so much and that we are, you know, we're, we're bootstrapping, we're using this and we don't have that like a lot of us don't have that generational wealth to tap into, to get started. And I think it's important. Like so many people, you know, they'll look at you and they'll be like, Oh my gosh, she's so successful. She's a doctor and she has these brands and, and, but it is, it's the journey and you didn't just wake up and and have a brand and it took community, it took support and it took a lot of effort to kind of get here. And so many people want to wake up and be like, I'm starting a brand and then get discouraged in the first year. And it takes, such a journey to get there it is it is it is and a long
0: one and
1: sacrifice
0: you know I I sometimes I'll I'll like you know I think about all those times when you know I think like oh I want to buy like new like new shoes I want to buy like really new designer shoes or I want to I want to get a new Manhattan apartment or I want to get and I have to say to myself like no 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 the journey's still going on you know like we're still we're still doing it and people will look and say like, Oh, she has a brand and she has this. And it's like, guys, it's still a struggle every single day. Like it all started in that little apartment and every single day it's, you get to see the nice part, but (laughs) sometimes you don't get to see like when you're stressing that you don't have enough money to cover a purchase order or you, we had a really difficult year in 2020 in the beginning with our manufacturing, right? Like, um, what if something all of a sudden, like your manufacturer says that okay, I have to increase this cost by fifty percent, and you've already, you know, like, yes, how are you going to do that? Or a, a pandemic hits and um, bigger brands, bigger, more, you know, uh, mainstream brands yeah. like take over the manufacturing process, and you, as a small, smaller brand, your manufacturers put you on the on the back end. Yes, you know, that's super stressful. So you know, I feel that there's this kind of like girl boss, you know, mentality, like you can do it, which is great. And everything is great. And um, I turned this into this, but no one really talks about like the struggle, you know, the yes. sacrifice.
1: It's so interesting. Cause I literally last Friday, there was just like, I can't believe it's been a week ago. There's so much going on. And to your point, it's like, and then, in the products business that I run, it's the same thing, like inventory, the big box retailers were souping in and we couldn't get inventory and our quantities weren't big enough. And then just even the transition, you know, it's like running two different businesses. But on Friday night, I had been talking to someone on the phone and they said things that were it's that saying like girl boss, you can do it, you blah, blah, blah. And I literally got on my couch, got under a blanket and just like cried. And I was like, this is, I, can, I just don't want to do it. I don't think I can. And it was so funny because I said to my husband, I was like, I'm giving up on everything. Like I am done. You can stay here, but I'm out. And he was like, well, I would really hope that you're not giving up on everything. Yeah. And I just was like, I just needed a second. And my daughter, I was like, you can sit next to me, but let's not talk to each other. Like Bye. you <laughs> watch your movie. <laughs> People don't get to see the mean side of you. (laughs) Yes, And it's like, but you're like, I just, I was like, yes, husband, yes, friend, yes, child. And I was just like, was like, I just need a second to feel like I can't do it. I know I can do it. And then by like Saturday morning, I literally like, I want to talk to you about self-care. Saturday morning, I got up and I never do like 90 minute hot yoga. I'm good for like 45 and I can make it through the 60 with Shavasana. But I was like, I'm going to do 90 minutes. I'm going to get through it. That's going to be my like, get yourself out of it. And then, you know, by the afternoon, I was fine, but it just, you need it. And you can't, you know, to go, I'm not going to go tell everybody, oh my gosh, here's what happened, because you got to keep moving and you got to keep pushing, but we have to take care of ourselves. And you talk a lot about self care. I do. I do. Um, I think because sometimes you can get like um, caught up, right? As a woman
0: in general, as a woman, we kind of like take everything on our shoulders. You know, we have our families. it's husband, been um, just the pressure of life or just being a woman. Um, that can be a lot. But I also think that we can run empty for a long time and then like completely disengage or completely, you know, just be like, I can't, I can't anymore. And I almost have like little mini breakdowns, however, that forms for all of us, you know. Mm-hmm. So I've been really um, intentional about one saying no. You know, knowing when your plate is full. I was really bad about that. You know, and it's okay. It's okay to say no. It's okay to not pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Like send an email back immediately. It's, you know, I feel like some of those things that I... Think, infiltrate our day-to-day lives, like little things. You know, like when I think about self-care, I don't only think about like this one time when you do this for yourself. I think of it as increments, increments in your day where sometimes your mental capacity is what you should be thinking of, right? So for instance, something as small as like turning off those notifications, those outlook no- notifications, yes. they cause anxiety, you know? Because every time you hear a ring, you get anxious and you want to answer something right away. I think that's a form of self-care too, like turning off your notifications or or saying things like when you answer an email, received, reviewing it, you know, we'll get yes. back to you as soon as possible, like not always having to have an answer uh right away. Um saying no to family, you know, that's that's big too. I think that, you know, if we do little bits of that all the time, sometimes we can kind of like save our peace. And then taking like bits and time for yourself. Like if whatever flows your boat, if you want to go buy Bottega Veneta shoes and you can afford it and that,
1: go <laughs> not do it. You know what I mean? And being, a, it is, it's like that mental capacity is, is so crucial. And I think it's like giving ourselves grace. We've been through, a lot already. And then you couple, you know, last year, a pandemic, racial, all of these different things and still running our businesses and still have to maintain. And even like as a mom, you know, we have to make sure that we are also showing up for our children, you know, because they're, they're trying to figure out what's going on. How old is your daughter? Seven. She just turned seven last week. So first
0: ending first grade and, um, very vocal now, (laughs) Maybe she gets it from me. I don't know. Very yeah. well. But like to your point, no, it's important for us to save space for them too, right? And to not always push them to the side. You know, not literally, but sometimes we get caught up in the answering of the emails, preparing things, preparing presentations, and they can kind of be lost in their own worlds. But um, but sometimes they need nurturing as well too, and nurturing in the form of attention,
1: pure yes. attention. Yes. That, you know, it's, I have a six year old and it is, it's so true in terms of what they pick up. And, you know, she is on her conference calls and she'll be like, hold on, mom, I'm on a conference call. And you're like, okay, where did you get that? And you're like, well, clearly. And she'll be like, typing away. Give me one second. Give me one second. I have to finish this meeting. And it's so interesting to see it, but then to say, okay, I have to give undivided attention and time, especially I think, you know, with all children and then having an only child going through the pandemic was really interesting. And I was grappling with like feeling bad that I only had one, but then being glad that I only had one. I never grapple with that. I'm always like, no, I'm good. (laughs) Never grapple with
0: that. (laughs) Like, no. I'm going to
1: call you next time. I'm going to be like, I got to call Camille when I'm feeling like in my feelings about this whole only child situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and I want to go back to branding because your brand, I mean, you it, it's so important. I think just going through the process with target and getting, you know, products on shelf and in, in any retailer, it's like you have to create a brand that fits, but that also is unique and elevated. And I think that it's so important to focus on the branding piece. And I love your concept like under hair care. Right. And I feel like that's such an aha moment. Like I'm totally on the email list. I'm using my 15% and my text 15% (laughs) by the way. But I love the under hair because as someone who does wear a lot of protective styles and, and and when I read it I was just like that is just really smart it's really smart but it comes from this place of branding and utility so like how did you get that aha moment of like under hair care and it's trademarked yeah I know
0: I <laughs> that's how I am when I, I'm like being in a shower and I think of things I'm like that's what it is and literally in my towel I'll go to the trademark thing. <laughs>
1: So it's done. You're like Joseph. Bring those legal skills out.
0: I love like play on words. That's kind of like that was my thing in advertising. You know, I spent a lot of time with copywriters and back and creative directors, and so I think that that was like one of the most exciting moments when I was po- I was on the account side. So I would like you know account can be boring sometimes, but yes. yeah, I would go upstairs to the creative department, and you know while they have their ping pong tables, and- yes,
1: and all their stuff, yes.
0: And I'm up there to, you know, to remind them that the budget has decreased or <laughs> <laughs> something not fun, <laughs> but I would end up sitting in some of the copywriters meetings and being really in awe of how these talented writers and individuals can like tell a story with less words. You know, like, yes. like, I thought that that was such a great, like, great skill to have. So I take it to those, my days of being with the copywriters and really thinking about how can I tell a story with the least amount of words? And I'm not even quite sure how under hair. I know I want to care in there, but yeah, I don't know. I, I can't even think of the creative process in my mind. I just know that I remember the day that it came and I ran to see if it was trademarked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, and that's what's so great about it. I was like, it's something that that's the beauty and saying it with less words because it is so phenomenal. And it's something that you're constantly like itching or thinking about. And it's like, uh, yes, duh. <laughs> and a lot of people got it right away. You know, yeah.
0: I feel like some of those, the hair shows, especially when you're a young brand, like really being on the front lines and connecting with your customers. That's actually one of the best things I feel like I, I learned a lot from my customers really early on. And I found that I never had to explain under hair care. Yes. You know what I mean? I only had to explain under hair care when I was sitting at a board table and I was looking across to people who didn't really look like me. Yes. And I was like, what is this concept under hair care? And I'm like,
1: <laughs> what is this concept? I, I, I see it all too clearly. That oh, I'm sure you see it clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Very clearly. Um, and I also want to talk to you. This is so much fun. TikTok, you are a G on TikTok. The TikToks are so. Much fun, and I love like just how raw and real you get, and you're like vulnerable. And I love this like whole dermatologist circle that you have just created. Like, tell like what are your tips for TikTok for all the business owners? Keep it real, like a hundred percent, like <laughs> and keep it real in fifteen seconds.
0: Like, try to. <laughs> And don't overthink it. I feel like the reason why I love TikTok the most is because you have 15 minutes of like my personality. So I feel like it's the one place where I can be Camille, like not Dr. Howard, like the founder of Girl in Hair, but literally like Camille sitting in just like thoughts, random thoughts. I have like a lot of random thoughts and I have to like get it out sometimes. (laughs) are of me like probably literally I was scrolling through something and my that was my first response I'm gonna make like, I'm like a TikTok video about this <laughs> <laughs> and I love new technology like new new ways to communicate and again that's from my marketing background right that's not very doctorly of me I feel like doctors are very um they, they believe in a patriarchy and like we're the know all we tell you what to do, and we have the expertise, and you guys listen to me. No, okay? So yes. I feel like 2021 and 2020, like, we don't have to be that way, and it's more about communicating. And from, like, a physician perspective, um, what I notice the most when I transition from marketing to um, being a physician is that I, in marketing, we really c- – concentrated a lot on messaging, you know, and how can we deliver messages in a concise way, a fun way, and an effective way, right? And in medicine, I thought it was really different because here you have to deliver messaging too, right? You have to communicate with your patients and it's really important to communicate these uh, things to your patient. But I found that medicine was so cryptic in the way we communicate with our patients. You know, it was like this long, drawn-out process. Even the literature we write sometimes, the way we talk to patients is how we talk to each other. And so I found it really interesting coming from this marketing side um, and going into medicine and wondering, like, oh my God, companies are spending so much money to create like uh, good messaging, yes, short messages effective messaging, and here I am in medicine where it's even more, it's really important to communicate, you know, important information, but we're not good at it, you know, I kind of felt it my whole like, time in medical yes. school and residency and then when I kind of started with the social media thing patients, the random people were like, oh my doctor didn't tell me this, and like i really realize how much we suck at communicating as doctors like, <laughs> you know, probably if you ask all oh, my colleagues they're like, yeah, I'm really good at, you know connecting. I'm really good, I tell you everything you know but actually we weren't we weren't you know i had all these stories of you know not not understanding what um their doctors were saying and so i feel like TikTok was kind of my one i wanted to dab into it as a brand like as a founder you know i always have like sometimes my beauty entrepreneur hat on and i'm like okay what's the next thing right is instagram the next thing what's the next thing So I'm really big on, like, what are the kids doing? What are the kids doing?
1: Yes.
0: I feel like I need a 15-year-old in my life my whole life. Like,
1: what are y'all doing? (laughs) (laughs) That's where I need to be. But I think you need that. I mean, especially as an entrepreneur, there, it's like all of the benefits of laughter and humor. And like, it's just so important because otherwise and we're in this like serious bundle of just like taking it all too serious. And then that's when I think we have issues. It's like we got to laugh and have fun. Have fun. I feel like whatever you're doing, you have to have fun. I feel like some when you know I was
0: I see patients um typically on Wednesdays and Thursdays, um in the office and um yesterday was a really fun day because I feel like some of like our medical assistants are like, All your patients are like your friends. I'm like, it didn't turn out that way, but you know, I'm that doctor that's like,
1: Hey girl,
0: hey girl. (laughs) 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 But that's
1: the new way of being. I mean, I think it's And it plays into like just the love of you as a founder and as a doctor. And like, you know, we're all people. And I think that that's such a big part of this. It's like the humanity of it. Right. And like providing something for the community. For me, I'm big on that. I love that statement. We
0: are all people. You know, I was raised in a very, very kind of like humble household. And my mom used to always tell me she's very like, um, religious Jamaican woman and she's always telling me like
1: Camille here in the matter how far you're going
0: life you know like, <laughs> <laughs> like always be kind doesn't matter how smart you are or how pretty you are you know always be kind to people you always give people respect and I've kind of always been that way you know it's kind yeah. of like how we were raised in our household and um never letting your accomplishments get ahead of you you know like oh always. that's good yeah like um the connection it mm-hmm. doesn't you, right like when I was in a hospital in residency a lot of people knew Dr. Howard you know because I would give everyone the same respect I would give my attending the same respect as I would give the janitors or any, everybody it doesn't matter the person you know the nurses the medical assistant everyone was
1: the same to me you know, and I think it's it's so interesting. And just, you know, I know we're getting close on time. I can keep going. But I am reading this book um, that I keep talking about. And it's the Book of Joy with the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. And it's so, an Archbishop Desmond Tutu. And it's so profound. And they talk about their journey of everybody as the same. And that as religious leaders, they are put on these pedestals by other people. But in order for them to keep that humanity, the humility, it really is, everybody is the same. And at the end of the day, we all come the same, we all end the same. And so it is just, it's so important. And I think that that's what fuels the next generation. And it gives us the ability to say, where's my 15 year old? Because we're all here teaching each other.
0: (laughs) Well, absolutely. Absolutely. It is one thing that is near and dear to my heart. Like I feel like, you know, people think that growing hair is this huge brand, but maybe it feels that way, but it really is a very nimble brand We're based in the principle of that, like everyone's the same, very accessible. You know, I still come in, you know, I still talk to everyone. I, I really believe in accessibility and again, like not letting those accomplishments get ahead of you and treating everyone the same.
1: I love that. All right. And with that, that's our word for the day, Treat our statement, treating everyone the same, not letting our accomplishments get ahead of us and still being ready for the future. And so we always close it out. This is is so much fun because I love what everyone says. So we close it out with one brand that you're excited about. We always encourage your own brand and we love Girl in Hair. If there's another brand that you want a supporter that our listeners to check out, let us know.
0: Well, of course, girl in here, girl in here. That's my baby. Like, I, I <laughs> but I have a new baby I'm about to give birth to soon. Um, she's called Anin. Hold on.
1: Yay, Anin!
0: <laughs> and really, it's a virtual dermatology office. And I wanted to bring something a little bit different to the virtual derm circle. One, I think that there is uh, missing that you know you can't find providers that actually like look like you sometimes. Um, I think that's different. I also think that uh, virtual dermatology has gone a lot into the. Focusing on the products and less about like skincare and how to use thing. I really believe things. I really believe in synergistic skincare. So having really great over-the-counter products and really great prescription
1: products. So that's my new baby that I'm working on. Um, yeah, Congratulations. It's so needed. So needed. <laughs> so needed.
0: Um, and it's also came out of always, a. it's always like it comes out of something. When I started on social media, it was really like to... One it was COVID, and two I'm just like trying to figure out the social, the TikTok thing. But then the people were like, "Oh, what, can I, can I, can I come and see you in the office? Can I come? You know, where are you located?" And um, I practice here in New York City, but it's a great way to bring like virtual dermatology out there too, yes. with a lot of people.
1: Yeah, so I'm excited about oh, that. that. I love that your whole TikTok audience is like, now we can get her. We can be her no. patients. No. <laughs> I know. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Well, I'm excited and I have just enjoyed our time. We need more time and you are just a delight, like truly a delight. I was saying to the team, it's been such a morning and to get on and to just laugh with you and to hear your story. It's just, it's phenomenal. And everything that that you've built, congratulations to you Thank and you. Joseph, our ride or die husband of the year. Oh my God. <laughs> he's, he's actually close by. You want to say hi? Yeah, hi Joseph We've never had like a guest spotlight On the podcast before So we can shout out to Joseph
0: Hilarious, okay Like I'm the crazy one, Joseph's the like Okay, bring it back in, I'm like but why
1: Joseph's like, babe I gotta like get these logistics done I gotta like focus on this We call (laughs) him the no guy
0: He's, you you have like these big plans Big budgets, you're like I'm gonna do this He's like No (laughs)
1: no <laughs> we always need that we need that you gotta everyone you gotta find a joseph in Part your joseph, business yeah a joseph a josephina the no
0: person <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right dr camille howard Verbeck. thank you thank you thank you it's been a pleasure we appreciate you
0: Thank you for having me. It's been such an honor and much success to the podcast. And I, I think that we have like a discount code. I'm not sure if we want to like talk about it after or, you know. Yeah, every, tell everyone. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, if you can go to www.girlandhair.com and the code is biz, B I Z B E A T 25. You get 25% off the product.
1: Fantastic. And every week I share an influencer I'm checking out. And I couldn't help myself, but everyone go follow at Derm Beauty Doc. That is our influencer, our own Dr. Camille. It's she is so much fun. Her channel is great. So at Derm Beauty Doc. And as always, I want to leave you with one thing from today's guest, and that is always be kind to people. I think we could all use a little bit more kindness in the world. So in the words of Dr. Camille Howard, always be kind to people. And with that, follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode. And make sure to follow us at Business of the Beat on Instagram, Facebook, and all social platforms. See you next week.
0: Business of the Beat is hosted by Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, assistant producer Jenny Salk, executive producer Kendra Bracken-Ferguson and Celessa Baker, edited by Fishmar Creative, executive producers Ken Johnson, Andrew Calb, and Omar Thompson. Find Business of the Beat podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon, Radio.com, or where you get your podcasts. Please follow, subscribe, and rate us. Business of the Beat is a Say It Loud Network production. (laughs)